You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. France and Germany look for authority to compel encrypted messaging apps to open their traffic to inspection. Shadow brokers' leaked exploits continue to appear in the wild. Assange promises more leaks of Clinton material. Ransomware appears in India and Vietnam. And Ashley Madison gets bad reports on three of the five eyes. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, August 25th, 2016. A transatlantic version of the crypto wars is flaring up in the European Union. Terrorist attacks have led German and French policymakers to rethink their national commitment to privacy and to look for ways of requiring makers of messaging applications like Telegram and WhatsApp to give security services access to encrypted traffic. The proposed measures would be used pursuant to investigation of terrorist activity. Public sentiment in Germany continues, in general, to oppose widespread Internet surveillance, but increasingly that opposition is tempered by a willingness to accept significant exceptions in cases of terrorism investigation and prevention. Reports suggest that distaste for dark web traffic and lethal contraband runs particularly high. French policymakers have similar concerns. Jihadist use of Telegram to promote their imminent murder of a priest during Mass in a church prompted the Interior Ministry to call for some way of eavesdropping on Telegram conversations. Many vendors cooperate like this already with French authorities, but Telegram is not among them. Several observers have noted that Telegram is a favorite messaging application of French legislators and executives. And it's not just encryption. Media that enable radicalization and terrorist inspiration are also receiving legislative scrutiny. In the UK, members of Parliament this week took social media companies to task for enabling extremism. The House of Commons Home Affairs Committee reported on the matter and specifically called it alarming that companies like Google, Facebook and Twitter devote such slim resources to monitoring their customers' accounts for extremist content. Tech companies, for their part, point out both their unilateral actions, notably Twitter's claim to have shuttered 360,000 extremist accounts over the past year, and the assistance they routinely provide in security investigations. Turning to international cyber conflict and its consequences, there are some developments in the shadow brokers incident. Researchers at Silent Signal report that a relatively easy upgrade of the Shadow Broker's leaked extra bacon exploit renders it effective against newer versions of Cisco's ASA. Others, not just researchers but black hats, have found the exploits relatively easy to use. 
A honeypot set up by a researcher at New York University noticed the same sorts of probes Cisco honeypots have seen this week, so the leaked attack code is clearly circulating in the wild. Security expert Bruce Schneier cites the incident as further evidence of poor U.S. government disclosure policy and that NSA is hoarding zero days when it thinks it's the only outfit that has them. Schneier also thinks this is not Snowden stuff, that is, not the work of an arguably misguided whistleblower, but rather the work of an outsider. That outsider is widely believed, of course, to be the Russian intelligence services, and observers think the leaking reflects a new normal in which cyber attacks directly serve the goals of information operations. In recent cases, those goals apparently center on discrediting the U.S. political system as irredeemably corrupt. WikiLeaks' Assange promises to release, soon, more discreditable information about Democratic presidential candidate Clinton. WikiLeaks isn't obviously connected with the shadow brokers, although Assange did say that some of their material wasn't news to him. More direct attacks on the U.S. election are also feared. Analysts predict direct vote hacking come November. Ransomware has hitherto most affected European and North American enterprises, but it's now being observed in both India, where a pharmaceutical concern has sustained an attack, and in Vietnam, where email vectors are carrying ransomware to potential victims. A new variety of backdoor banking trojan called Twitur has been discovered in the Android ecosystem. It's noteworthy in that its command and control is accomplished over Twitter. It's no secret that there's a shortage of qualified workers in cybersecurity, with thousands of jobs going unfilled. Education and training for those jobs can be expensive, and one company, Cybrary, has taken a different approach. It's made all of its online training free. We spoke with Ralph Sita, CEO of Cybrary. Seeing the maturation and the development of the physical brick-and-mortar training and classrooms being held and so on, we kind of came to the realization that this uh, industry is very difficult on so many ends because you have uh, students trying to come up with money to pay for expensive classes, uh, and you have these certifications that somebody can invest three, four, five thousand dollars for a week-long class, and they become, you know, obsolete. So we kind of saw that the industry was getting very commoditized and. A lot of competition and price was a a real pain point for for students. So we kind of came up with the idea, hey, let's make education free and we'll hopefully get to the point where we're monetizing it on the corporate side of it with companies to help fund our operations. And we're going to keep making education free, keep developing classes for free, and we will never charge for the education component of Cybrary. So let's speak to that notion of skepticism. I mean, uh, certainly, you know, everybody knows the saying, uh, you get what you paid for, and you're, you're providing this training for free. How do you put people's mind at ease that uh, the training that they're getting is, is uh, high quality? We get tremendous validation every day. Uh, the users, our members, they are not only vetting our product, they are proclaiming it. And you know what? When they find a flaw, they're the first ones to say, hey, you guys really messed this up, uh, And which is fine. We'll take the good with the bad. And how about the employers? If it, When people are coming, uh, you know, resumes in hand and, and some of their training includes Cybrary, what are the responses that they're getting? We've had a lot of good feedback on that. And uh, just from a little bit of a different angle, we also have a, a spot on our website called Talent Services 
where we are having these companies you're speaking of place jobs on our website. When they're using our site to recruit, there's over a million and a half worldwide jobs. There's there's over almost 300,000 in the United States of cyber professionals that just jobs that aren't filled. Absolutely, jobs have to be nurtured. There has to be a better grassroots uh, effort made in getting them there. Start it, start it much earlier. You are a business. You are a company. You have people, instructors, and, and infrastructure to pay for. Where's the money coming from? Um, we are monetizing it on the corporate side of the house. So we have developed something called Channels, which is a place where companies such as a Cisco Talos or a Tripwire Alien Vault or um, Observe It IT and so forth can go ahead, put their content out there, put their upcoming events out there. And once it's consumed and once these companies get all these eyeballs coming to their page on our channels, they are realizing the benefit of a rising tide, raising all ships kind of methodology. That's Ralph Sita, CEO of Cybrary. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Civil Rights, one of several agencies aspiring to extend its equities into cyber regulation, appears ready to undertake enforcement actions against small businesses that fail to properly protect data. Hitherto, the OCR has tended to restrict enforcement actions to breaches affecting more than 500 people. We heard from Ebba Blitz, CEO of Altersec, who said, quote, The news from the U.S. Health and Human Services Office for Civil Rights should be a wake-up call to small business. If the OCR uncovers widespread HIPAA compliance issues, that could mean small companies are at risk for new fines. And such fines, of course, could prove business killers. And finally, Avid Media, the corporate parent of the adultery-facilitating service Ashley Madison, is in trouble in at least three countries, all of whom apparently have enough adulterers to make careless handling of personal information both a consumer protection and a privacy issue. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission is conducting an inquiry into whether Ashley Madison misrepresented itself to its customers, and a joint report of Canadian and Australian privacy commissioners finds much to complain about in the way Ashley Madison did business. So we end with some advice on privacy in such matters. Straighten up and fly right, girls and mostly boys. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire.
The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me once again is Dale Drew. He's the Chief Security Officer at Level 3 Communications. Dale, let's say I'm an organization and, and I'm ready to stand up my own security operations center. There's there's a lot that goes into that if I want to build my own SOC. Uh, you all have a lot of experience with that. What are some tips that you can provide for someone who's thinking about building their own SOC? You know, we've been on a, on a sort of a marathon run in building security operations centers uh, throughout the globe. Um, and uh, we have uh, five operation centers uh, up and in, in, uh, running today. And, uh, you know, we, we've built a, a, a sort of a, a practice methodology on how to create and, and operate a security operations center. And, you know, the, the, I'd say the major sort of lessons learned for us are, you know, in the area of staffing um, and, uh, and training um, and, and ownership. And what I mean by that, from a staffing perspective, We've had a lot of success in hiring non-security ex, uh, experts. What we tend to do when we build a SOC is we, we hire uh, some core baseline security expertise to be sort of the foundation of uh, the, the SOC uh, infrastructure. And then we hire a, a lot of uh, SOC analysts who don't necessarily have to have SOC training or SOC expertise because we provide them with uh, training and certification sort of on the job. We've had tremendous success in hiring, you know, SOC staff that has financial and musical backgrounds, because they're able to take chaotic environments and and uh, seek out organization of of uh, that chaos, uh, and in a in an incident response sort of environment, that is sort of fundamental and key, and that becomes a much more important uh, skill set baseline than the security baseline. It's much easier, turns out to be much easier for us to train them on security than it is to train them on the fundamentals of how to have an incident uh, response sort of mindset. The other one I'd say is keeping up to date on trends and keeping up to date on best practices. And uh, we do that by you know visiting other companies who operate security operations centers uh, and not only you know in, imparting our wisdom on them, but also getting from them what what works well for them and what does not work well for them, and incorporating some of those best practices into an ever evolving uh, sort of SOC um, uh, mentality. So, the the key to managing your risk portfolio is not only just a good technology center; it's also having the staff that can identify and respond and mitigate quickly to those threats. And uh, so security operations centers are becoming a much larger uh, component in, in the security arsenal for CSOs these days. All right, Dale Drew, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security 
by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.